there's nobody there to cover. Like, if I'm a defensive player and you're telling me, hey, get on the left hash, and they're continuously thrown to the right hash, I'm going like, what the hell are we doing here? I, I, I don't want to play for these coaches. I, I'm, I'm, I have no confidence in them. Is a lot of it on the players, too? No question. And, and he brought Schumbert up finger-pointing. You're correct in pointing anywhere you want to today. I, I fully believe that. You are totally correct. The Eagles absolutely got crushed in Tampa Bay, and it's over. Brutally over. I mean, brutally over. Well, whose job is it to hold the players accountable? It's the coach. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, they missed 10 tackles last night. Yeah, oh. 10. 10 tackles last night. You, Shannon Sharp, credit yeah. to you. You've been talking about what's been going on for weeks. Yeah, the city of Philadelphia was getting on you. You hating all of this other stuff. You like, listen, man, you, you, you're tolerating stuff in the winds that you would never tolerate in the losses. This is what you're doing. Everybody for weeks and weeks and weeks will attack it. The middle of the field, the Philadelphia Eagles, throw it at it, run right at them. Make sure you get beyond the initial line of defense. And guess what? Their secondary is soft. A little change of pace here, Coach. Trying to get pumped up. Bring the house back up, right? High atop the west side of Cherry Hill. It's a Monday. I think it's the 22nd of January. Welcome back, boys. How was your weekend? Everybody good? Yeah, after shoveling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, always got that was sh- fun. Shovel the snow. We were in New York, and we had the crew over. And thank you, everybody. Uh, you guys did a great job. And Bob and I came home to a clean street, clean sidewalk. It was good. Uh, how was your weekend, Bud? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Everything working. Skipped a week in the podcast. Uh, I got a lot of a lot of. It's good to see all the texts say, "Is everything okay? You guys still we're still in business." Yeah, actually, in a nutshell, a busy week uh, at Grimley Financial would be the the name of that. Yeah, uh, crazy, crazy week and just no time. Uh, so here we are to catch up. And, uh, well, we open up with uh, taps, and that's obviously for our illustrious Eagles that laid an egg. And uh, was it totally a shock the way they played the last uh Third of the year, coach was expected. Did you think they'd still handle Tampa? I did. Well, I can recall a couple of months back, and I did say that I thought that Seattle was going to be a pivot game. And then when Drew Locke took him, you know, hundred yards there with a minute to go, and that type of thing, and then everything was downhill after that. And I just think that that sort of shows you that the Knicks started losing the locker room, and then with the stuff with Brown and Hertz getting together and changing plays, so it was mass confusion, and Matt Patricia did not contribute a thing. In fact, they went the other way when they brought him on board. That's fair, bud. I mean, that's very well, that's very well stated. Look at the entire defensive Eagles in a nutshell right there. Nothing, you know, nothing worked. Um, and I think it goes deeper than that. I think that it starts with the coaching, and that just you know that failed from the very beginning. It's, and um, so the Eagles are in a tough spot right now. It looks like they're bringing Sirianni back, which is fine. So they'll have to they'll have to live with that, and um, and make it work next year. They have to make a lot of adjustments. You know, Hertz is going to have to really step up as a leader. The one thing that's very noticeable to me when you watch the Bills Chiefs game. And you see situations where the Bills make a key play or the Chiefs make a key play. 
you see Mahomes out there on the sidelines, showing emotion, oh, wow. bouncing up and down. And wow. I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't recall ever seeing Jalen Hurts do this this year, especially the last last half of the se- second half of the season. I'm just showing excitement. Look, all you see is him there sitting on the bench. And I know we only, you know, we're not at the games. We're not seeing, you know, we're only showing what, the, showing what the camera, seeing what the camera shows us. But, you know, you're seeing Mahomes bounce up and down, running across the sidelines, getting his teammates involved. And we're just not seeing that with Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, I don't know. It's something he's going to have to change. Um, and there could be something more for maybe why he was feeling that way. Well, he's very introverted in this and that, but we can go back to Tom Brady and to Peyton Manning. They they did that with their linemen on the sideline too, get them juiced up. Yep. So, well, yeah, Andy Reid made mention in his post game about the sidelines. Okay, he says it for a reason. How you know uh, how much uh, juice and and karma was coming from the sidelines, and that means a lot. You hear a lot of coaches say that. That that's inspiring your head coach to do better too, because you know what. You, you want to win a game when you see your players have that type of passion. And where do you where is that on stage? The sideline, the dugout. Right? You've seen quiet dugouts at times where you say, what, what's wrong with this team culture? And you've seen teams at the top step. And you mean to tell me that doesn't wear off on players because they see your teammates wanting to win more? When you got your quarterback sitting on the bench in key situations late in the game, it's absolutely, utterly deplorable. I know I've said that to him blue in the face, but that's who your leader is on the Eagles. And I don't know how you solve that. I mean, what, what you say the guy's going to be a, a, an MVP of the league, but be that way culture-wise? That's never happened in the history of the game. That's who he is. Now, that doesn't answer for all the things that went wrong with the Eagles. I mean, when we dive into the, the autopsy on the Eagles, it, it, it's – it's compelling. It's confusing. There's so many things that change. We get that, you know, where they're ranked last year, second and 22nd this year, da 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 But what's the chief thing that changed? Turnover ratio, would you point to that first? Big thing, yes. Right? Because with turnover ratio, that sets the tumblers in place for point differential. And possessions, number of plays, all that, right? So if you take... I don't know what the final number was. Last week it was minus 14. If you make the Eagles plus nine in in turnovers, then how many of those other numbers do you reset in a positive manner? You know, but what's the chief reason? Well, you know it's unusual. That's not it. To go back to your thing a minute or two ago about on the sidelines, the two things that popped in my head are the most animated was when Goddard looked like he was getting on Hertz and with A.J. Brown a month before that getting on him the sideline. Otherwise, it's go sit on a bench, maybe look into the little screen, and no emotion at all. Yeah, we had a whole bunch of videos, but we would you know, this whole show would be uh, 45 minutes of uh, – we never stick to 45 minutes, do we? Uh, of videos <laughs> because over the two weeks, I accumulated uh, a bunch of really classic – uh, videos against the Eagles, different radio comments and player comments. And if we played them all, that's it would be a, a video show. But when you hear some of the Eagles quotes um, regarding uh, the Goddard that said, in so many words, we weren't really fired up for the other games and now it's the playoffs. Yeah, if you read like, between the lines, that's what came through. Yeah, like you just flip a switch. Like you know, like we've laid down for several weeks. Watch us this week, man. 
It doesn't work that way. You, you, emotionally, it doesn't work that way. Well, you know, but Chuck, how about the fact that he admits that, guys? Like, if you watch these games in the last couple of weekends, you see teams when you mention the word tackle and gang tackle and look like they're really trying to hurt the opposition. Yeah. And a couple of them, Fred Warner, come out like they really want to hurt you and put you out of the game and so forth. The Eagles, you saw the shoddiest, for lack of better words tackling that i've ever seen it looked like they just didn't want to get involved and it's it was the whole team it wasn't like one person missing a tackle and we've mentioned before about when blankenship was in there he was leading the thing to tackle so that means you're usually it's your linebackers yeah. and the, the shoddy linebackers and it just keeps them back in my brain where they gave hertz 255 million but that 50 some million a year doesn't kick in till next year and why howie did not spend some of that money uh, to keep Garner Johnson or a couple other guys from last year when they lost all those guys on defense and never replaced them. Obviously lost too many, bud. Yeah, I mean, it, again, I think you're kind of spot spot on there. And then think tackling too. How many times did we just miss tackles? It was way you know way too many to count, and you know, that was another big problem. Abhorrently. I mean, it was the, the, the start of the Tampa game was unlike anything I've ever seen watching football for 50 years tackling. We agree. Yeah. Uh, it it was like it was intentional. Like they were going out there in, in a Hollywood script and to look like the bad news bears. Is that are now missed tackles and look foolish and don't approach the play right, overrun the play. I mean, it just looked atrocious after watching a team like Michigan in the college championship make every one-on-one tackle all night. They watch the Eagles, and it's just, I don't know, it, they say tackling is, is an attitude, it's a personality. It, you know, it just doesn't look like there's, like you say, how many tackles do you watch in the playoffs? It looks like the guy's trying to hurt somebody. Yeah, You feel that way. It's not necessarily true that that's exactly what he's trying to do. The impact zone, the, the, how, how ferocious the tackle is. And when you watch other teams, you're always saying to yourself, oh, is that going to be a flag? Is that going to be a 15-yard penalty for hitting a guy out of bounds? Or it's always borderline because they're getting after it so much. When you watch the Eagles, you don't have that type of impact zone. You don't, you don't see it. You know, it's like there's a speed dimension down or something. You know, it's hard to describe. Well, I think when you establish yourself as really a vicious tackling team, Sometimes some little passes out in the flat. You got one eye yeah. on the ball and one eye on that guy coming about four years or yards away that wants to knock you back ten yards. I mean, how do we how do we explain Hertz's play? I mean, dropping from where he was. They were talking about him for MVP of the league, you know, and he goes from sixty eight uh, QBR last year to twelfth. And lower than that in other stats, he was he was forty second in in terms of holding the ball uh, duration. Uh, how, how does any well, starting? Well, I back think they would have a tough time offering him two hundred fifty five million dollars right now, and they did do it to him a year early. I don't think he'd have got that kind of offer. No, no, hey. not not with the way he played this second half of this year. Yeah, last year, to your points about the defense, they were second, 300 yards per game. They dropped the 26 for all the aforementioned reasons you articulated. Lack of talent. Yeah, and guys get old, right? Oh, yeah, Bradbury and Slay, you know, over 30, and most of these yeah. deep uh, cornerbacks are under 30. And, and can't fix all of that next year, right? 
No, not all of it. No, no. but I mean, it's just some of it to try and make up for six or seven guys that aren't producing on defense. So who's your star in defense, Reddick? Yeah, we don't have that middle linebacker like we had with Edwards before. And, and where does it say you couldn't – some of that money you're saving for Hurts that you couldn't put into to a T.J. Edwards who's made the Pro Bowl and so forth this year. Went from wow. I think he's with the Bears going from sideline wow. to sideline. And I think he signed three years for $19 million. So we can count at least two guys that had great years that we did not re-sign in Hargrave, right? And, and, and Garner Johnson, too. Garner Johnson, and now the one you just mentioned, yeah. Uh, Edwards. Yeah, T.J. Edwards. So there's three guys having fantastic years elsewhere. One on the line, elsewhere. one in the linebackers, and one in the backs. Well, that's probably your answer then, Yeah, because all you need is one per area, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you take the uh, – you take you got to factor in the, the Georgia Stiffs. That, that, that bond came in as a, a rated A-plus bond, and now it's a junk bond, right? Well, it's been confirmed that Davis is being fined all the time for. How about that stuff, Chad? Yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy can't keep can't, his weight up. Can't keep his weight off. Yeah. yeah, not that I can't relate to that, but I mean, the guy's a professional football player getting fined every week for coming in overweight. I mean, yeah. you got to be kidding me! Somebody doesn't get to him in the, in the locker room and pit him up against the lockers. Or well, what? Good point there. If you're back with a Seth Joiner or you Douglas yeah, and right. people like that. Yeah. You could bet his butt would have been five pounds less than he's every week because he'd have hurt it big time. So it goes down to leadership then. Who's really? I believe you're right. Who's really getting on people there? You know, is it Brandon Graham? Is it AJ Brown? It's not Jalen Hurts. Right. Brandon, Brandon Graham's a company man. He yeah. says all the nice things because the he, he wants a two year yeah, contract. Boys. I don't think they're yeah. going to and. and yeah, nuts. let's. It's zero zero now. Well, they played like it was yeah. zero zero, not. So I mean, I mean the, the whole thing is Eagles just played with a, like a lack of heart. They just the energy was bad. Everything was bad. So I, I don't know where we where we go from here because we you know, we are running out of time. Hertz's contract it's more restrictive by the year, so you really have a, a small window. And I guess the Eagles take the approach of well, who cares? Because you know Mahomes does this in KC and they win. And you can get away with it if your offense is going to be elite each year. If you're if you're going to do things like KC can do and Mahomes can do. But if Hertz doesn't develop into that quarterback, then yeah, it's going to be impossible to he win. Does, he doesn't look it. So well, gonna, you're going to have to step up and do what Mahomes did, did in Buffalo this past week, where you, you take receivers that aren't that great, and you just you just go out and win. You just outscore them. You, know, you put up 27 points, and that's what you have to do. And we went to Tampa, and we put up nine. You just you just we, can't do that. We well, will, another thing we'll talk that, about Mahomes at length. Yeah, our offensive line has been advertised the last two or three years yeah, as possibly the best in Pro right. Bowl. I don't know. Well, maybe that. they are running the ball, but when right. you got to take the steps back and yeah. so forth, I think they're aging they a lot more than you realize. They got overwhelmed. They, they got out physical. Yeah, they got overwhelmed. Especially if yeah. Kelsey's out. Now we have Lane Johnson, yeah. another year older. Yeah, I mean they're they're not young anymore. Yeah. They're just the, and Kelsey be a, a big holder place. And plus, you haven't diversified your offense at all. And when you're in the shotgun, ninety percent of the time, the it, it's selection? a pass. A, a How about the place? Horrible place. How about the place? I mean, just Ski. the basic idea that the Eagles refuse to do, you know, any type of motion. Just yeah. How about right? you? You want to pick up some man defense? How about we just run some motions every now and then? I mean, let's not make it that. I mean, you look at the teams, like the Bills last night. How many times they have digs? You know, do four yards left, right. cut back four yards right, you know, right. pre-snap. 
just put guys in motion. It's what the teams do. Right. You're going to learn a lot of information about the defense. And we just refused to do that. It was basically a story of the defense is going to bring five or six people, and we're going to have minus one of that number for on, on protection for Jalen Hurts. So he was left on his own most of the time. Let's he scrambled bottom, a lot. And Bottom line, you bringing the coach back? I, I wouldn't, but I think they are. I wouldn't, but the tendency, the more it goes here, I think they are going to. Yeah, and and I had to like to be a fly on the wall with the conversation with Lori yeah. and Nick because Nick, he can't be saying too many positive things unless he's going to blame everything on his offense and defensive coordinators, and that was our problem. And and I think Howie's just as responsible for all this. I mean, he no puts doubt. the team out there, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he put a defense out there that was just atrocious. The guys he let walk away that we already talked about. Well, that's you, very, you clarified that very nicely, Coach, on the three guys. Those three names right there resonate, right? Well, you also got Epps at safety. Epps yeah. they let go, too. Epps was a pretty good player. He hasn't been mentioned much in these conversations. Coach Al. Instead, we have Blankenship. How long would it take Chad? I didn't remember Epps, Chad. Oh, something. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't can, even think of it. The well, podcast, it's, it's close to oops. The, the, <laughs> the podcast could be 12 hours old, and somebody could be hit us with a stud gun going, say more names. And I'd be going, I would never think of Epps. That's amazing now. But, uh, yeah, uh, he'll he'll be back. We know that now. And how about the fact that nobody wants Belichick instead of McCarthy and Dallas and this joke we have in Philly? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If I was Lori and I wanted to win another Super Bowl real quick, I'm going Belichick for a two-year deal or a three-year deal. I don't care how much he wants. Over. I want to tell him to chill his jets a little bit, that it's got to be, you know, collaborate with everybody. But let's go with a stick at Super Bowl because we have talent. And if the Eagles don't lack X's and O's, what teams do? They lack scheme, Brady. They lack scheme. Yes. And he's a scheme guy. Another team that lacks scheme just as much, right? Dallas. Oh, especially like Dallas. you, you oh. said, when you watch these other games and they're and how diversified their offensive are and the changes they make at halftime on defense and offense, yeah. and you look what the Eagles have done is just stayed with the same old routine. You, and You almost can't score against Kansas City in the second half. I, look, I looked amazing. at it this morning. There's two games where they gave up 14 in the second half. Eagles were one of them. And one of the games. If you do three, you know, like swimming throughout the highs and lows, if you look at the rest of the games, which is 15 games, their second half, they average six points. They give up six points on defense. Talk about a halftime adjustments. Well, try and convince someone that has been out of the country and hasn't seen any games and knew that the Eagles were 10-1 and one, and watch them come back and say, they beat Kansas City? Yeah, they beat Buffalo. Come on now, in the yeah. same week. What What's the joke? Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo was at a low ebb. They were playing in in the middle of a four game horrible streak right then, and Kansas City was. But but what makes me scratch my head? And I texted this out to a few people looking at that stat right up there. We have up on our screen here about that stat, right? Yeah, that's something else. They're showing the rankings between the Ravens defense and the Chiefs offense, and the Ravens are first at everything. It's going to be a good one. Uh, but you know. When we played Kansas City, by and large, it was the same uh, receiving group for KC. Nobody's spectacular except Kelsey, and he wasn't playing so well at the time. You roll in the last night's game, I believe, all the same receivers. And all of a sudden, Mahomes had somebody to throw to wide open on every play. What the hell's the difference? Kelsey's playing better. But why was the miracle uh, back that thing that Mahomes does 
where he looks absolutely unstoppable, and he was. So you knew when Buffalo took 14 plays to score, ate up nine minutes, that KC was going to go down the field in five plays, and they did that. But how did you know Mahomes was going to be Mahomes last night? Well, one, How do you know that, bud? Well, I'm he's sorry. Done, he's done it his whole career now. Every year he finds a way. But with a lackluster group of receivers, just like when the, when the Eagles so, played him. But I think as good a game as Pacheco had, you've got to worry about the rush and so forth. And then, then you've got people maybe paying a little bit more t- attention to Kelsey. And I think these young receivers that we didn't know about have got confidence maybe in the got last better. month or so. Yeah, they, you know what it is? Player development coaching. They're better now than when we played them because exactly. they've done a great job they do with the personnel. That's an area that a lot of media writers, et cetera, don't talk about. The fact that just look at Bama when they played the third game in the season against UFC, whatever it is, the Florida team that was rancid, and it was 3-3 at halftime. And I, I text that to everybody, forget about Bama this year. They're going to have four or five losses. There's no way you could take this this group that I'm looking at. They had the Notre Dame quarterback out there. You can't resurrect this talent group and look how good they were at the end. Man, if that's not player development and coaching, yeah. and if that guy doesn't do that better than anybody in college football, who the hell does? But, boy, are they going to get spanked this year with the portable. We'll get to that when we're done with the Eagles. Not just yet. A little bit of a teaser. Al's got some good information. So let's go back and talk about the running game because all you hear from the morons like Eskin is how you know they downgrade the significance of the running game. Well, here's a stat for you, boys. Check this out. Of the last two playoff years, in aggregate, 22 and 23. We're not done yet in 23, obviously. If you take the number of games, it's 23 football games, 22 and 23. What do you think? Just take a guess. What do you think the record would be? So it's got to equal 23 because it's 23 games. Uh, the team that runs the football for the most yardage or the best. So the best running team in those 23 games, what is the record? Of the teams with the best, that's a mouthful. I could have just said the most rushing yardage, right? Well, what, I would think it's very good because if you're winning, you're going to be running you know, that, a lot of that third, fourth quarter. So I would say, you said 23 games, like 17? And 18, six? Yeah. I'm going to go up to like 20 and three. Bingo. You know, you see something Spot else. on. See something Spot else. on the sage. Don't we have a separate song for You Are a Miracle, You Are My Genius, You Are My Everything? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is, you little killjoy. And uh, that's unbelievable. And another stat, it looks like we could start to trust. Ladies and gentlemen, the jury, you know when I do that, I'm going to make my best point. Oh, point differential. What do you know? What do you know? The teams with the best point differential, the teams playing next weekend. Oh, what do you know? There's nobody with an even point differential in this NFL I talked about. Things that right? make you go. Yeah, hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> let's see. The first uh, AFC best point differential is playing, plus 203. That's Baltimore. The fourth best is playing. That's KC. And the second best is playing in the NFC, plus 193 in San Fran. And then the fourth is playing in Detroit. Anybody below four playing in it? No. What no. do you know about that? And let's talk about parity and equity. Okay, you know it's a, the league now is a lot of good teams, not poor teams. Okay, as evidenced by these scores. Okay, forty-five to 14, 26 to seven, 48 to twenty-two, 
34 to 10, 31 20, uh, 24 12, 31 30. It's a good game. So how about those first, that group of games? A lot of good football there, huh? So you had a bunch of uh, terrible games and two or three good ones to watch so far because teams that are making it to the playoffs are not ready for prime time. Can we sign off on that? They're not good teams. Tampa's not a good team. No, the Tampa's was, not a good team. Tampa's no. not a good team. Period. Oh, but the Eagles were, and you know, they fell apart. The Eagles that got to the playoffs were? They should have been a good team. But you got to walk that back. The Eagles that walked into the playoffs. At the time, they were terrible. But I think they should have been a good team. Oh, we're talking about what they are, and that should have been. You know, if my uncle had you-know-what, he'd be my aunt. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they should have been a good team if they were better coaching. And Well, I think, Chuck, a lot of those games, too, were pretty close the first half. And then we talked about the adjustments being made. Yeah. And then class shows at the end and talent shows at the end. But yeah. a lot of – a lot of those games were within three points of the first half. You Listen, figured, oh, this is going to be a great if game. If your cream of the crop in, in both uh, both conferences is San Francisco, who in a lot of ways was lucky to hold on, a lot of key plays. Uh, I mean, come on. Stop talking to me about the quarterback with small hands on a wet ball. Pretty, yeah. Stop with that. We in nonsense. Please stop with that, Tommy. Uh, they're just not a great team. San Francisco's not a great team. And there's something lacking about that Samuels kid, okay? There's something he, – he's not Bobby Abreu. He does not post up, right? He just does not. He's always dinged or something. He's always on the sideline, right? He's a fantastic athlete. Yes, he is, absolutely. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. That's all he asks for. Thank you very much on that. I'm going to get a text from Tommy that he looked him up. But when Tommy does look him up, he'll see that he's only had 1,000-yard year. And all the other good receivers. You're playing 17 games now. 1,000 yards uh, receiving yards, not the big a deal now. Same thing with rushing, okay? No, especially with the 17 games. Yeah, yeah, but that kid's never on the field, you yeah. know? And they talk about him all the time. San Fran was lucky to win, and they're your elite. If that's your elite, then go give me the San Fran with Montana, and it's not even in game. Stop. The better Dallas teams, the better Green Bay teams, they're not even comparable to what we're seeing right now. And that's, that's quarterback play. Right, but that's purely quarterback play. I guess. I mean, I'm, I just struggle to, to see what the purpose of all of it is. I mean, we're still enjoying the games. We're still watching the games. We're all still enjoying the NFL, I guess. Sorry, I, I have a diluted, meaningless, valueless, stupid point. Sorry about that. No, I don't, I'm not saying it's <laughs> stupid. I'm just he saying. Said, I don't understand the purpose of you talking the about The premise this. is, look, we're still, because we bring it up every week now. We do. The NFL is so diluted, but right. I, I don't. I've said already multiple times, I think, that there's a lot of injuries this year, and there's maybe an adjustment period going on right now. We're trying to replace Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. You know, there's some really good quarterbacks right there. And, you know, Jalen Hurts could be one of those guys. And we'll say Lamar Jackson's probably becoming one of those guys. It takes time for these transitions to happen. I think we're just looking for a more exciting game, especially what we had to watch the last two months in, in Philly. You guys forget. I don't have to go back too far. I, went back, I did go back to the 22 games, and a lot of them were good. Um, the NFL postseason was one of the best things going. It was March Madness, man. There were so many miraculous endings. Don't you remember the years past? I mean, how many close games there were? And I would say on Monday, I can't believe – you know, the entertainment value 
of 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 playoff football. You know, you'd watch an epic close only to see another epic close, you know, and you'd be like, by Monday, you rung out because you watched like six games that were incredible. You don't get that anymore because you don't have the level play and it goes back to quarterback. It's got to. Don't tell me the running back's not faster than the combine. He is. Don't, pay, don't tell me the defensive lineman's not stronger. He is. Right? Meaner, quicker, tougher. If the athletes are bigger and stronger and faster and well-trained and more sophisticated with technology, then that doesn't add up to making the game worse. Right? If it all comes down to entertainment, we had three out of the four games this weekend were, were fantastic games to watch. What Can you name them? There was only four. I can name them. Yeah, the, the Ravens was the only one. That wasn't really an enjoyable game. The second half, the Ravens just pulled you, you away. Thought, you thought the Baker Mayfield team that trailed by 14 with four minutes ago was a fantastic game? Baker Mayfield, like, they could have won that game in the last possession. Uh, they had, they had he, three inter- that was a, right. absolutely a good game. It was a one-possession game with a minute to go in the fourth quarter. I, I, I was at the dinner table. We had the girls' birthday dinner, and you weren't there because... Liv was sick, and, uh, but we were at the dinner table, so I did not see the last possession. Okay, and then we had the okay. 49ers uh, Packers game that came yeah, down. That was another close game, and then Bill's Chiefs. Yeah. So we had, we had you know, three out of four let's, very good uh, games. Let's shift the tempo here a little bit. To, I agree uh, with Shed. Yeah, thanks. Well, uh, here it's, it's up on the screen right now. Let's look at uh, Kelsey and his big stomach. On national TV, drinking the beer, and I know the old farts like Chuck are going to all be oh, against we, that. That's where we went for the fourth yeah. down play. And I yeah. know all the young hipsters and pro eagle nations all going to be like, "Oh, get with it! There's nothing wrong with that." Here's the bottom line: If you're a C-suite, if you're a GM guy, if you're the owner, it doesn't look good. It is not a good form. It does not look good at one week after a devastating loss. I would just think that Harper and Utley in his time and, and, and players like that would be taking a low profile a week after a devastating loss. And uh, that's anything but low profile. That That's a look of, I am 100% healed. I'm 100% back. Yeah, we lost. But as you see and hear from all the other players, the wheels already came off this team. Just let's listen to the player quotes. So why am I going to be any different? Okay, this team lacks unity. It lacks chutzpah. It lacks the glue that that close teams have. And I could give a crap what anybody thinks of me. So I'm going to go out and, and and do what I do. I think it looked bad. I think it is bad. And uh, with the shirt off and the whole thing, I just thought it wasn't. Well, it also makes you wonder work. where you know Kelsey. People say he could run for mayor in Philadelphia. Also wonder. Does he take charge in the clubhouse, in the locker room? And I sort of doubt it, you know, with the mummer's outfit and this and that, that he's respected as being a good player for all these years. There's no doubt that he's he's the first one to say he didn't have a good year. Well, the mummer's outfit with with the the speech and all that stuff, that was fine in my opinion. I mean, that was all part of the shtick that day, and I thought it was well done. Uh, I have no no criticism on that. I don't want to take it too far. I just think a week after you lose – uh, not just a devastating playoff game, but have the end of the season be devastating. How bad they – and then one week you're fully recovered, you got your shirt off, you're stopped. What about this, too? Don't pros at that level. Don't the elite guys try to maintain a bit of a low profile. You see Chase Utley in the stands with his shirt off. I know the argument now is going to be, come on, Chuck. 
You got to allow the tenants and agency of football to be different than baseball. I know I can hear everybody saying that football's more of a macho sport where you take your shirt off and, and, and guzzle beer. But be that as it may, you're not going to see Harper, Utley, people like that, Pete Rose, Larry Bow with their shirt off after the, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm drawing too much of a comparison to guys in baseball that I respect that would never do such a thing. But well, maybe, you, maybe the sports do contrast enough. Well, I the, think there's enough you know? fan base, and I'll give you a really a weird example. WrestleMania put sixty and 70,000 people yeah. paying a lot of money in yeah. those seats, and people are just starved, and, then, and they can relate more with a Kelsey uh, during the summertime down at the Ocean Drive, yeah. drinking all the shots all day and right. this and that and partying. I, that's a possibility. And what if it's a picture with Taylor Swift and him like that, and they make a thing out of it publicly, and that sells it all? Who, who knows? Who knows? And they have a podcast. They're on the chunky, yeah. chunky commercials. They're making lots of money. And another thing is, going back to KC, how'd they make all the big plays, and how did Buffalo choke on all the big plays? Diggs drops the ball right at him. Two other guys drop balls right at him. And, Buff, and, and KC holds on to every stinking. Yeah. Right? Bud, what do you think of Kelsey? Which which one was up, Jason? Play. Yeah, the, I mean, I wouldn't be doing any any of that a week after your loss, but I guess he's you know he's saying I'm out there with my cheering on my brother, right? Partying Ch- with Taylor Swift, Chad. You wouldn't but, be doing it two months afterwards. Like, I wouldn't I, be doing I, I know it you. in general. I wouldn't be taking my shirt off, bouncing around, <laughs> slugging beers like that. Uh, but people would be saying, "Where is he?" No, if he is retired, if he knows he's retiring and he's just partying, then I mean, either way, he can still like he can't come back now it's just like he was just having a fun time and you know letting maybe letting the stress of the season go out there cheering on his brother worry free about playing a game the next week and just cutting loose and you, but, know, you know i wouldn't what it's not what i would do i don't think the eagles want to see something like that but but let's face it we don't know any more about the eagles situation than right. we did a week ago yeah and they get rid of sean decide and I think he was just the fall guy, to I be think honest so. with you. Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, yeah. Before we move on from uh, KC, they are going crazy this morning in Buffalo. They are burying the Bills, Coach. I mean, there's no life after death. They've had enough of this Buffalo Bills act. <laughs> I think they're just going to f- fold this. They're throwing snowballs at home. He goes, come on, Buffalo. Anyway, uh, who's the real good radio guy? Chris uh, Carlin, is it? Uh yeah, Chris Carlin, right? You should hear his call uh, on the radio on the Miss Miss Fogel. I think we can probably fetch it, bud. Do we have yep. it? Mm-hmm. Here we go. We'll try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. And no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed the field goal. That guy's just got a voice that makes everything unbelievable. And I can't believe you didn't know who Chris Garland was. Oh, every once in a while, we stump the savant. Well, you know? I'm, I'm going to redeem really myself right now. We stump the savant every the, once in a while. The reason they said wide right the is because the reason <laughs> is that because in 1990 or 91, whatever, the Bills went like four times with Jim Kelly at quarterback and Scott Norwood missed the field goal. Yeah. And the score at that time was 20 to 19. So they'd have won the, won the Super Bowl outright. Right. 
And I think it was Marv Levy, the old coach that was with them for years and years. So that's why the people in Buffalo, the Buffalo Mafia, will never forget Scott Norwood. And all of a sudden, anybody that forgot about it when they heard wide right yesterday, that brought it right back to their mind. I got to tell you what, just to peek ahead a little bit, the Eagles don't get any breaks on the road next year. Check this out. This Only on this podcast are you going to hear the 2024 uh, Eagles uh, schedule away. And now I, I, I saved the two obvious wins till the end, although they don't always win, as we know, in New York and Washington, right? So if you say you're going to split those, and you could say that out for this team, this is next year's road. Now, I want you just you guys real quick to say win or loss, okay? You ready? Got to go quicker. Tampa, away. Win. Win. Shoo. Saints. Loss. Loss. Ravens. Loss. Loss. Bengals. Loss. Rams. Win. Loss. Cowboys. Loss. Loss. And then you got the Giants and uh, and uh, Washington. If you split those, you guys are looking at three and five. Three and five, okay? So the best you're going to be is nine and eight. And the, and the home schedule, you have the Falcons, Carolina. So you can say, oh, well, that's pretty easy. Browns and Steelers, so it's not brutal so far. Then you got the Packers and the Jags. It's, it's, it's not a brutal home schedule. 500 teams, mind you, but the teams that you're playing on the road, Tampa Saints, Rams, Bengals, are all teams a little pissed off that they thought they could have done better this year and they think they will do better next year. They're not going to be any strolls with the parks. Those away games. I think they're, they're three and five on the road next year. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that out right now, by the way. Okay, there's two of those games you mentioned at home. you got the Packers, who are the youngest team. Yeah. And they're going nowhere but up. And the Browns with Watson and Chubb coming yeah. back, this and that. Yeah. I don't like them beating the And Dougie, Dougie P coming in to play him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. And Steelers are definitely, you know, a tough, tough thing to ballpark any time, right? But that's the schedule for next year. Uh, and uh, what else do we want to cover before we hop off of football predictions for this week? Prediction for this week. Uh, Two games. Let's let's have it. I think the 49ers. And they cover? That's what we want to know. See, uh, I'm just thinking about the winner, to be yeah. honest with you. But okay. the, yeah. And I guess coming off the way Kansas City played, momentum, for about lack of better words, Okay, you're 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 49ers at KC. I know. No, I can't. I can't bet against. The, I can't go against the Ravens. Okay, so no, you're no, at, they, they've been two too, they've been too solid. Two chalks, bud. Yeah, I'm the Ravens 49ers. Yeah, I want to go different. I can't just align myself with you two guys on both picks. Um, but I think I think San Fran's going to play better at home without the rain. I think the quarterback wants to redeem himself a little bit. I think I think Detroit's going to be easy to throw against. I think McCaffrey could have 110 yards in the first quarter if they pound the ball. And I think Detroit may just be of the mentality of, oh, wasn't it a great year? 
and look what we did so far and watch us next year. And I it's never, been like 30, 35 yeah, years since we're I in this I never position. like to trust teams that are just thankful to be in the game they're in, the NFC Championship game, yeah, and the whole city saying, that's okay, we love you, we'll see you at the airport. Wait Let, till next wait year. Wait till next year, <laughs> yeah. When you're betting those wait till next year games, <laughs> that's always a trap. The next game, oh, wow, is it hard to go against. Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas City just to be different than you guys. Okay. Because a hot hand at Mahomes is not a bad thing to have, right? And I don't know who they're going to throw to other than Kelsey once again, but uh, that running back, I mean, here's Reed. Here's Reed again. Here's Reed averaging 6.8 yards per carry as a team. Why wouldn't he run the ball more? I mean, he didn't have to put Mahomes in some of the spots he did. Not that it didn't work out good. He hit everybody, right? Well, but in other words, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's, like, it's <laughs> nice to have two options, isn't it? You're averaging 6.8 on the ground, and then you're averaging 9.2 in the air. Well, that's a smorgasbord of good options, isn't it, Christ? And Pacheco, as, as much as he leads with his head, I hope he uh, knows to be able to count to 10 when he's 40 years old. But, I mean, he's a beast. From Vineland. Yep. He really does hurt the ground, doesn't he? And I told you before, his senior year, he was the best athlete, so he was a quarterback at Byron yeah. before. Was he? he? I and then that. he went to Rutgers for three years as a running back. Right, right, right. And, of course, we have to spend a couple of minutes on, you know, Sabins out there and Belichick, right? I mean, what are the chances two goats retire at the same time? Well, one wants to get back in. There's no indication yet that Saban does want to get back in. No, I think uh, that's it for that's him. It. And, and Curtains. And I think I told you that mentioned uh, to you that 25 of his present players have vacated already and you and you know with some of these five-star recruits coming in in fact last year's quarterback is looking to get in the portal so that's going to be very interesting wow i'm sorry boy you doing a book report here and kirby smart and george has got a smile this heads right down x's and x figure over two x equals what are you doing (laughs) discounted appreciation model really financial (laughs) chad sold the corporate debentures here we need some voice of reasoning over there how's he doing over there i'm just drawing squares sorry to bother here uh all right, so we're switching over to baseball, guys. Did Can I, I say one yeah, more thing sure about the is. Eagles? Oh, it's an open podcast. About Sean Desai and, and Matt Patricia, I, both of them, I figure, have to be gone. Now, Brian Johnson, who was the offensive coordinator, right? Him and Hertz have known each other since Hertz was a young man. And I think and all you're hearing that he has already uh, been with two teams as mm-hmm. far as maybe being a head coach. But you have to remember that in the National Football League, you have to interview at least two minorities in your thing. So is that just part of that minority progress, or are they genuinely interested in him p- to possibly be a head coach? Yeah, interesting. Um, just got a text here. That, uh, uh, that Bowles, uh, and I wasn't really paying attention. I'm just getting this hot off the press, and we don't really have time to slow the podcast down now. But um, could have used the timeout. Um, they kicked the field goal um, and uh, had an opportunity um, there at the end. Um, yeah. I saw that interview with Bowles. It was yeah. like 12 well, seconds. What, what's the circumstances? It was like 12 seconds yeah, or yeah, something yeah. left. Th- and 36. He said, okay. It would have been 36 seconds. Well, and, he's, and he said, there's no way we can win this thing, so there's no sense in What was the score, Ben? Well, 30, it was 31-23. They, uh, they, Lions were kneeling the ball faster than they had to. 
Yeah. So if he calls timeout. So he could have called a timeout when they kneeled it on third down and uh, would have made about 30 seconds left. They would have had to kick about a 45-yard field goal. So it's nine or something like that. And then it's out of range. Yeah, yeah, it's out of range. But what if they miss the field goal? And you got the ball 36 seconds. You got And you got about 25 seconds left. Unless you have a chance. I mean, yeah. You, you never quit. Oh, he quit. Oh, I no, agree. He quit. Yeah. It was very surprising. I'm, I'm sure it's it stuff like that that makes people say he's the NFL rigged. The guy just I'm, doesn't call a timeout. What, I'm, I'm going to give you one better you than that, guys. I'm going to I'm going to try to outthink you right here. Nothing personal. I'm going to tell you over the course of the week, it's going to come out the Bulls didn't know that he had the timeout or something like that. That's strategic. Well, he said he did. Well, of course he has to cover up. I mean, because it's pretty bad for a coach to sort of. I mean, you have it, ten assistants on his sideline in his ear. I don't think he but forgot. I, only the University of Miami guy, the crystal ball, whatever his damn name is. Only that guy doesn't play to win. Every other coach I've ever seen at least tries to do the mechanics right to win the game, except that guy from Miami. So he said for, there was no point in delaying the obvious, which doesn't make any sense. So you block. First of all, if you block the field goal, you can pick it up and run it back for a touchdown. Anything could happen. Bad snap. Or, that maybe, is, or maybe that, maybe they punt it. Maybe they punt it down to the you know four-yard line. Yeah, I got to tell you, thank you, Bobby. Bobby sends that in. It may have been somebody before him. I got 35 texts in that room. That's our sports room. So maybe it was Tommy cracked the ice and Bobby picked up on his. But anyway, that that's pretty big news, guys. Come on now. You could have won the game. How many, Stanford band. Come on now. The Yankees at Rick Cerrone and KC at the bat. Come on. Elijah with a 99, uh, whatever the basketball court length is, full full, full court pass for a bucket, right? Uh, the, the strangest well, things happen. Well, I think Kids, you always play to win, coaches. You always play if you grow up to be a coach. Do everything humanly possible with time, distance, yardage, clock, and everything in innings. Do everything possible to give yourself a chance, however remote. Now, Chad, he had one timeout right? left, right? Yep. Yeah, so the point being, you never want to be losing like that and finish the game with a timeout. No. I mean, that's outrageous because you can block a field goal. S happens, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, or a bad snap. Bad snap. Or they, or they punt it down. And maybe, maybe their punt's perfect, and it's inside the 10- or 5-yard line. Still got you 20 still have a Hail Mary. And it's, you know, with 20 seconds left, you could do a 20-yard out pass and maybe yeah. a ten yard out pass and then chuckle Hail Mary. Yeah. Crazier things have happened. It's the NFL. Well, let's ask this. Do we see Hail Mary's completed yeah. every year? Yeah. Every year. Sure. So why would you take yourself out of business? And it t- doesn't Todd Bowles has been ripped before for not keeping up with the game that's moving quick. He has been ripped for that before. Yes he has. I've watched him back in the gambling days and said that Marion, I can't believe it, I bet that we don't run the game clock right at the end of the game. So he has faced that criticism before. I want to leave it at that. Let's move on to uh, baseball before we hop out of here. And the Astros actually fortify that bullpen. It's already got Abreu and Presley in it. Speaking of Abreu, that's going to be my, my rant rave going out of here. Okay, I want to solidify all this. They actually put Hater in with those other two monsters they've got. You better, uh, you can't nod on the podcast, Al. You got to say the something. The rich get richer. Al gives me five, a nod. Five years for $95 million, and I don't think the Phillies would have given him five years to start with. 
if, if they were in contention at all to get him. I hate to tell you visiting teams, but if you, you go in to play the Astros and you trail one nothing and it's the fourth inning, <laughs> start start playing for one run. Make it about start, the sixth. Start, start playing small ball. Start walking and button and hitting and running because you get to that bullpen. Man, I can't wait to see what that does over the course of the year, that bullpen. That's ridiculous. You know, because haters that way, except for that little stretch he had with the Brewers. And he was hurt then. He he didn't want to tell anybody. We found out that he was hurt. But man, what's that going to be like? And Presley's an animal, too. And the other guy was like 2.8. Abreu, holy Toledo. Man, now so far the Phillies have done not much. At Boa, a nice text from Bo. Says the rain check dinner come down to Florida for dinner. All right? Not a bad invite. Go down to dinner, have Coach uh, coach and Bo at dinner. It's got to get you to Florida, doesn't it? But I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't, I don't see. With, with the six inches of snow out there, yeah. it sounds fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I went to New York this weekend, and all the things that don't work right for me that I need with my stuff are just mind-boggling. I had a great time in New York, but I need certain things at a certain place at a certain time. And I said to Marion, it's looked like my travel days are over. I need my home. Yeah, it's we'll put all, it this way. It's you, all built to work. You and I would have been escorted through the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you. I mean, Manhattan, as soon as I come out of the tunnel, I'm saying to Marion, do you feel it? Do you just feel the energy? It's like right, and right away you see something on 10th Street that you don't see back home. Ah, uh, only New York. We had a dinner there uh, Friday night, this Italian joint down from the Warwick. Just Oh, how nice it was. I can't describe it. Anyway, get the chills talking about Manhattan. The I'm not going to say it's the greatest kept secret because hardly is Manhattan a secret. But I will say this. Probably I feel bad for the people that don't appreciate Manhattan because they know they haven't given it a try. They're going there in all the wrong times, like Saturday in Russia or Saturday during holiday peak. But, man, if, if you know how to enjoy Manhattan, stay at the right places, go to the right restaurants, there is nothing not to love about Manhattan and the buzz and the vibe and the stock market people and the hedge fund guys. Uh. Now, you're looking at me straight in the face, and you know how much I enjoy Manhattans. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Who's going to rant? Uh, so, uh, Phillies have done nothing, right? So, nothing Basically to talk about. Basically nothing, yeah. 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 Pat Hand? Yep. Or they're not done yet. Well, they're not done yet. One of the radio stations said they don't like to announce anything like that over the weekend yeah. to take away from the game. So I, I can't buy that, but maybe that's their thought process. So we don't know any more now than we did last week. But uh, yeah, a yeah, lot of heads yeah. have to roll, I, I would think. But if you're going to give Nick, if he talks his way out of it with Lurie and saying, well, I need a different offensive and defensive coordinators and all that, who knows? Rant rave, coach. Well, I'm going to do another shock as far as things where 95% of the people were watching those football games, as was I. But there was a pro golf event on oh yesterday. Boy. I know you can go, oh, boy, but listen, you can snore, but Chad loves to play golf, and he hits Chad, the ball snore. pretty well. No, I love golf. I'm snore. not going to. So uh, there was one amateur in the field, a 20-year-old sophomore from Alabama. Really? He won it on the last hole. He's the first amateur to win a pro golfing event wow. since Phil Mickelson in 1991. And what a nice young man, and everybody was cheering for him. Wow, so that's I, promising. I like to be a yep. lot different at the end, and uh, I just proved it again. And he just lost all the podcasts. Now, to the one listener that we have left, <laughs> thanks for the golf highlight, Al. Jesus, Mary. It was okay before you it went you, you, you could have talked about 1942, one of those stories. 
Uh, Bobby Abreu, okay, it is, uh, we're voting right now again for the Hall of Fame, and it's going to come up every every January 22nd, it's going to come up. What they're doing now, uh, listeners, is the know-it-alls, the smart stat people are starting to massage the numbers. Stuff. They've marinated Abreu's numbers, and they're coming out with different spins on them now. Nobody hears anything for Abreu and pushes back and says, Oh, that's not enough. Ever will you say that. You immediately resort to he was never on a big stage postseason. And, of course, he didn't run into the outfield wall, which almost qualifies you as dim if you say that. Because, conversely, he played 100. Especially being in Philadelphia. Yeah, he played 159 games a year as a result of that. Yeah. Okay, so let's run into a wall and have a separated shoulder. Okay, what a nitwit comment that is. So, I and, and I'm the one who has packaged a lot of Abreu you know, material, right? Uh, some tranches, a Abreu tranches, I like that. This is, I saw on ESPN, all right? So for uh, 10,000 plate appearances, players that matched Abreu's slash line, okay, his 291, let's round up 400 on base percentage and, and 500 slug. Here are the players that match that. Cobb, Speaker, Ruth, as in Babe Ruth, Ott, as in Mel Ott, Musial, as in Stan Musial, Thompson, and Chipper Jones. Those that have that that are not in the Hall of Fame, those numbers are not in the Hall of Fame, Bobby Abreu, sadly enough, and Barry Bonds. To tell you a story? If you're out there and you, and you don't believe and you haven't believed me for all these years that he believes in there, boy, I could name names right now. But I love our listeners, and I thank them. I seriously do thank them, and they know it. But, oh, would I love to name like four names right now. I'm just itching. Uh, but I won't. What would Abreu make, Chad, and Al, right now? Here is his 12-year Major League Baseball averages. I want you to tell me what he's worth in today's game. I didn't mean to point. This is a little more exciting than the golf. I think. Here he is. A little bit. 30 stolen bases, 400 on base, 12 years, 100 runs, 100 RBIs, 295 batting average, 20 home runs, and 155 that I can't identify. What would 155 be? Not it's, OPS plus. No, he's higher than that in hits. Uh, well, you know, with this walks, that's probably hits. Yeah, okay. But let's say there's 200 between hits and walks, 200, okay. That 12-year run, okay, what's that guy making tomorrow in his negotiations? 35 to 40. 35 to 40. Yep. So Bobby Abreu, who's a $400 million 10-year player, we all agree. Nobody can push in back this on market, that. yes. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Jory, a $400 million player, is in the Hall of Fame, all right? But just in case you forget driving your car when you listen to this podcast, Cobb, Speaker, Ruth, Ott, Usual, Frank Thomas, and Chipper Jones, and Barry Bonds and Abreu are not. Ladies and gentlemen, you're, you're, we rest, and Your Honor, we're sorry to have wasted the court's time on this matter, but after all, somebody had to do it, and I tickle pink 
that it's been me for the last 15 years doing this. And in spite of my golf thing, you forgot one first name. It was Tris Speaker. Tris, now you're complete. What did I call Todd Speaker? You just said Speaker. <laughs> you just said Speaker. You're on the air. Um, so my rant rave this week is actually a combination. I have a rant and I have a rave. And I'm going to start with the rave. And that's the Detroit Lions. Who Two years ago, only two years ago, the Detroit Lions, their record was 3-13-1. 3-13-1. That was just, that was terrible. The worst in the NFC. And now all of a sudden, here they are, two years later, and they are competing for the NFC Championship game. And that's just a miraculous turnaround. The coach has done a great job. They took off in the second half of last year, carried it into this year. They drafted well. You know, their tight end, Laporta, has been fantastic. So a really good turnaround by the Detroit Lions. Very impressive and hard to do. Hard to do unless you're signing a guy like a, you know, Mahomes or a Tom Brady. So the fact they could do that with who they have at quarterback is is very impressive. Nothing against their quarterback, but you know, it's uh, Goff's not exactly a Mahomes or Brady type of guy. And my rant this week is on who the Detroit Lions beat, and that is specifically Baker Mayfield, who had the ball in that final drive, a chance to elevate his career, prove a lot of people wrong, go tie that game up, and what does he do? He throws an interception, and it just seemed so fitting for what we've seen of Baker Mayfield throughout his entire career. So my rant on the Bucks, specifically Baker Mayfield, uh, you could add in maybe, you know, Bowles for not calling that timeout. We talked about that earlier in the show. And my uh, my rave on the Detroit Lions on a fantastic turnaround. Although I do think, I do think the 49ers will handle them this weekend. But Detroit is, uh, you know, watch out for them next year, I guess. But I think this year the 40, it's the 49ers year, at least in the NFC. So that's, that's all I got for, t- for today on the Rant Rave. Yes, uh, and it was good. Nice to get some text from you uh, listeners. Uh, we appreciate it while we were off uh, asking uh, about our welfare. Is everything okay and all that? That was cool. And some good questions. And yes, uh, I'll answer one. Uh, so if you have a large debt as a consumer, not corporate, because we do corporate too, debt restructuring, debt re- negotiation. But if you have a consumer debt, can you come to Grimley Financial? You owe a hospital, large medical debt, yes. You owe a student loan, large medical debt, yes. Or credit cards have amassed a big number and you want to get something worked out. Yes, yes, and yes to any of that stuff. We've been doing that for 40 years. That's exactly what we do. We also do that on the corporate side, too. Uh, we do more than that, but they were some of the texts I was getting about, you know, do you have consumer debt? That's the little infomercial Everybody have a great week. Enjoy the, uh, some people say next weekend's the best weekend in the NFL. I argue that it's the one we just watched. I like I liked well, the, the meaningful games Saturday and Sunday. You we'll agree? comment on that big time next week. Yeah, but, but you get four games that are high level versus yeah. just two. Uh, of course, next week's game's more meaningful, whatever. All right, so uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening as always. God bless. Make the most of it. Make it count. And uh, we'll catch you this time next week. Over and out. This team knows how to win. And then it all dissipated. And it all went around. And and, and the roof was always falling in. And they totally lost it. The truth of the matter is, the team we've been watching for the last month and a half is a bad team.